Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say beyond the field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Money Empire is an experienced financial advisory firm with over 10 years experience. We deal in this world day in, day out and want to give you, the loyal listener, exclusive access to behind the scenes of the property and finance industry. We've helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys, everything from first home buyers right through to managing clients with extensive property portfolios from New Zealand and abroad. Each week, BTF includes special guest episodes. We chat with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, sports stars, and the stories of everyday people. Now it is your turn to take back control of your future. So kick back and absorb. My name is Kane Wallstrom. I have Lisa Barton here, and today we have guest Luke Fox, who's the uh, owner of Inspect House New Zealand, and uh, Colin Russ, who's the senior building inspector. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Good, good. How are you guys? Good, good. Um, we're just going to get into profiling quickly uh, a bit about yourself, Luke, and being the business owner. So um, I suppose tell us how did you or why did you get into starting a business in, um, for Inspect House New Zealand? Uh, good question. Uh, so my, my background primarily is uh, banking, finance and business. Yep. So I was born in New Zealand. I'm from the East Coast originally. And at the age of 14, I moved to Australia. And I lived in Australia for 21 years. Of that 21 years, I spent the majority in, in banking and finance, but also owned a couple of businesses in Australia. So one of them was I started a 24-7 gym and I started a, a finance broking accounting slash consultancy business as well. So combining all of my life's work around business, which is what I love, that's what I'm really passionate about, since moving back to New Zealand three years ago, I got back into business. So I purchased Inspect House NZ last year in December. And the reason I did that was was twofold to continue with something that I'm really passionate about, which is business dealing with customers, transactions. I love I love that side of it. And the other side is that I think the industry, there's a lot of excitement in that space, particularly from a customer delivery point of view and from a technology point of view. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Technology is um, a big player in business yeah. moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's kind of the long and the short as to why I sort of looked at uh, how sort of not, not necessarily house inspections, but it's more about the delivery of education to customers yeah. around property um, and understand how can how can we do a better job of educating people around the defects not only in a property but how can you manage your lifestyle around heating, cooling, insulation, and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. And I suppose oh. and what we do and your background 
um, the knowledge of finance uh, as well will play a big part because we know banks need to take security of property to loan debt against it. And if that property is not up to scratch or um, defected in any way, then there's a problem. Yeah, that's right. It's, and it's, there's, a, there's a surreal pragmatic approach to it because there's a lot of, I, I feel, you know, I've only been in the industry for eight months but there's this historical hangover of, okay, building inspection reports is the death of a transaction or the potential death of a transaction mm-hmm. where my approach is more, it's more on the uh, op- optimistic side yeah. where, look, we're in the business of identifying problems, but, you know, with a bit of positive, with some positive attitude and a real, um, in a sense of trying to find the answer to those problems, then you can achieve anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the delivery of that that's the key because if you don't get that right, then a transaction could fall over, but you can get the same outcome. It's just how you deliver that to the customer. So, again, back to your, back to your point, Ken, it's because of my experiences being in banking and you guys, have, you know, you're in finance and lending, when you have to deliver that transaction to a bank, it's got to be positioned in a way that's um, that, that, that's favourable for everyone, and it's the it's no different for us. Yeah, totally. I but really like the word you used, um, Luke. Education, because mm. education in finance in general, and that includes obviously building reports as well, is needed in New Zealand and. The old Kiwi uh, attitude or mentality of I shall be right and I'll deal with any problems later mm-hmm. can throw hundreds of thousands of dollars at people. Yeah. And I've seen it firsthand where clients have bought leaky homes and ignored yeah. it from the outset and then down the track it's cost them half a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think at the core of what we do is because we we want to and we have to remain impartial to all parties involved. So that's the customer, that's the vendor, that's the real estate agent, that's yourselves as brokers, and that's for the integrity of our business, right? But at the core of what we do is we're honest, so we're upfront, and we'll tell you the problem, but this is how you can solve it. It's not the end of the world, but yeah. it is what it is, you know. We're, we're honest, we're transparent. This is everything. We, we, put, all our, we, we put all our cards on the table, and then from an integrity point of view, this is what the, th- these are the, the uh, cornerstones of our business. These are non-negotiables, right? Yeah. Our reputation, our credibility is important. So we're going to be honest, but we're going to help you through those problems, whatever they may be. If, and then um, we, we're transparent in the fact that this is everything. We've got no, vent, we've got no vested interest in this at all. Yeah. We're not coercing reports to try and get work out of them. We're not in that space. We're impartial, but this is it is what it is. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Luke, tell us some a little bit about obviously the business at the moment. How many um, building inspectors do you have, and, and where do you cross around New Zealand? So, uh, when I purchased the business in December, there was uh, two building inspectors. So we had uh, one in Auckland and one in Tauranga, and then through the past uh, sort of seven to eight months of growth, we've grown the team from two to fourteen. Wow. So, one of the, I guess the, one of the positive blessings in disguise through the COVID period was an opportunity for us to reflect back on and from a strategy point of view where we're going to take the business. Yeah. 
So we had our initial strategy was more around, you know, more managed growth. And what I mean by that was, okay, let's focus on Todong and Auckland first and build them up and hit a certain revenue number. But we flipped that now and thought, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to try and grow across New Zealand in 12 months. And as we grow, we as our team in the regions grow, we're just going to have to grow with it. Yeah. So we've expanded into, I've oh, got two additional inspectors in Auckland, so it's three in total. We've got two in Tauranga. Uh, we now cover Hamilton, Taupo, Rotorua, Gisborne, Hawke's Bay, uh, Wellington. Uh, we're trying to fill spots such as uh, Palmerston North and... Um, You're one of the I, I look. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're trying to cover Whangarei, and then we've just expanded into the South Island as well. So we cover Nelson, Christchurch, Timaru, yep. and then we're going to cover Invercargill, Dunedin, and Greymouth by the end of this year. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I suppose with, with the Kiwi attitude is that we, um, you know, majority of us will invest in property. So... Um, the building side or building inspection side will continue to grow as well. Mm. I think with the more with the awareness too of what probably the past has what's happened in the past with you know the um, leaky home um, I suppose issues especially in Auckland. Yeah, yeah, and I think the I mean there's some great and you guys are probably seeing that too, Kane and, and Lisa. There's some great signs there, right? I mean we're we're supposedly in the middle of a second wave of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Demand for property is hotter now than ever, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and that, and that's that flow-on effect, right? Because if the pop property market is going well, then construction is going well. So there's yeah. investment into jobs and and new builds, and then that flows on through to to credit, where you guys are, you know, providing loans to customers of all shapes and sizes. So that there's a lot of attraction there, yeah. and I think it's a, it's a great thing. But the, the other side of it is that there's a lot of um, positive, if, if, if there's a lot of positivity out there and that spills into the market, then it kind of shifts the dynamic away from the negativity that pandemics and, and COVID talk, because that can really cripple people's um, sense of investment. Yep. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, I think it's exciting. I think it's great. I'm really exciting. Absolutely. Colin, I'm going to come to you. Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I, I um, started building in 1968 as an apprentice. Finished my apprenticeship in about 1972, and I've stayed on. And, and then I um, labour contract for a lot. I actually worked for a number of companies. I, I, when I finished serving my time, I went over to a, a company that built Lockwood Homes. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I, th I thought that lock would look like it was a bit of a, a different way of doing things. So I did that. And I did that for five years. While I was doing that, people seemed to think that all you knew was Lockwood Homes, and so I got out of that again and, and went back just into just um, um, just general, you know, house building, conventional style, and um, you continued on labour contract for a while, and then we. Uh, a guy that I was working with, we decided that we were working for a company that were doing building a lot of speak homes in over at the Mount, and so we decided, why don't we do the same thing? So, along with him and myself, 
um, my brother-in-law and my parents, we set up a, a, a development company and we built specs for probably about five years, I suppose, off and on. That was about the time of the um, the share market crash in about 1987. Yeah. So prior to that, we were borrowing money at that stage. Interest rate was in, in the 20, you know, 25%. Wow. You know, so if you didn't sell a property in, the, in that time, you know, within that time frame, all the, all the profit was gone. Fantastic. Um, Lisa, you're going to get on to, I suppose, asking some yeah. many questions, which a lot of listeners will want to hear and, and find out a bit more detail. On. Yeah, so I'm just going to start off with what is a building report and why does a person need one? Uh, good question, Lisa. So uh, a building report is basically a... a, a a process of identifying problems in a property. So that's that's the crux of it, right? And um, uh, the second question was, well, why should someone get one? I mean, it's, well, why wouldn't you? I reckon, I mean, if I use myself as an example, I mean, I've bought multiple properties and I sort of think back to myself, now that I'm in the industry, I think, man, I've dodged so many bullets. Why didn't I get one? Look, getting a building report is one of the safest ways to reduce your risk when you're buying a property. And we've had so many examples where we've saved customers thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, and customers will call us up and say, you know, I'll give an example. Um, we did a unit block for a client that was buying uh, seven units in, in Christchurch and it was a full uh, one of our inspectors spent a, a day out inspecting these seven units right and everything looked above board except for the roofing now, and the roof to, to replace the roofing and then you're looking at a few hundred thousand dollars right so you know that's one of many examples where Customers just don't have that trained eye. Yeah, yeah. And that's key, right? You've, you're looking at the thing about real estate is that they sell beautiful hopes and dreams, and that and if you're a customer and you and you buy into that and it works, right? That works, but then you get caught up in the emotion. One of the keys of purchasing such a, an expensive asset is to withdraw the emotion. And you can do that, do that by getting someone like Colin involved to do a building report. The guys go in there, they're, they're impartial, they call it as they see it, and you'll the trained eye with 55 years' worth of experience in building and construction with hands-on experience, that's the key. I, I genuinely believe that's the key, where the guys have been on the tools that built these properties from, from scratch, start to finish. So... If you spend a few hundred bucks yeah. versus the cost of the of the asset, right? It's a no-brainer. So, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What's um? Just in a summary, what's for the listeners? What's included in a building report? Obviously, don't have to go into detail, but just summarising, like obviously, as it's it's going through every room in the house, as it's looking at the roof. What what other kind of stuff is it doing? So it's non-evasive in the respect that um, the guys will just inspect visually three key items, 
So the first part is the site. Yeah. So if you think about the site, right, you, you drive up to a property, you look at the driveway or the, or the uh, perimeter fencing or the outdoor areas. So it might be garage, carport, might be decking, might be retaining walls. So it's that process of checking all the site yeah. and defect identification. Then the second part is starting with the exterior. So looking at the roof, looking at the uh, gutters, the downpipes, the exterior cladding for weather tightness, yeah. um, the suffetes, the exterior joinery, uh, the subfloor, so checking underneath the property for insulation, checking the foundations, the piers and the piles, and then it's making their way inside the property and then just basically checking all the nooks and crannies of the kitchens, the bathrooms, walls, floors, ceilings, and wardrobes, laundry areas, services, you know, your, your electricals, inside your roof cavity, checking for insulation, yeah. and just wrapping that up in a, either a verbal format yep. or a written format. Um, and we try and do that, that, those inspection of those three key areas. We try and build that process in, in 24 hours. Yeah. Cool. So you use the word non-invasive. Obviously, um, for the for the listeners, that's more so. I suppose if you think there are some moisture readings, you're not drilling to walls and going into that in detail. Yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. yeah our, mo- our, our moisture means is just we we don't go into the walls or we just push them against the wall to see what what the moisture is reading. Yeah. Like like a building and like the uh, the council building inspectors they will go in and they will put a probe right into the wall but you, you, we can't do that. Mm. Yeah, we, we are, our tests are basically non-invasive, so what we see is basically what we report on. Yeah, yeah. And the key difference there is that again that that trained eye, right? So you've got years of experience with some of our guys, you know, and it's about combining their experience with um, with what they see and then just being honest with yeah. what the problems are. I think what you mentioned earlier too, um, you guys are taking complete emotion out of the purchase because you're not the ones buying it and you're giving factual material, and, um, I suppose, seeing views on what, what the property is so that people can make the right decision. Yeah, 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 that's right. Spot on. Yeah, bang on, King. Yeah. So how, so just a, a normal standard home, what sort of the timeframes of obviously completing it to getting, um, I suppose, a full report, just on average? So the the physical inspection, if you like, would probably take about an hour, 20, yeah. hour and a half, yeah. two hours. Yeah. And uh, you're looking at, by the time the customer gets the written report, it's either same day, like at the moment, our timeframes, we're doing same day. Wow. That's so good. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, at the absolute latest, it's 24 hours. Yeah. If, it's, if it's beyond 24 hours, then we, we need to really lift our game. Yeah. From a technology standpoint, we're aiming to get to, um, so if, if the guys say spend two hours on site yeah. and they have connectivity, we should be able to deliver reports within an hour wow. post we, we, we can do it now, but we're just not, we're not trained up or geared up for it. We, we can do that now, but that's a pilot program that we're going to probably trial later in the year in December. 
And when you say technology, is that a piece of software where it's um, straight into an iPad on site or? Yeah, so it'll be a comp. So we're in the process of building our own proprietary app that's yeah. custom. It's more custom to what, to what we do yeah. and really finding more. We're trying to drive more efficiencies through the technology yeah. to get a better system to make it easier for our guys to do their job but still be in the thorough and then combining that with uh, just connectivity technology that allows us just to be better and, and deliver services faster to customers. So, yeah. Okay. So um, tell us what does a good building report look like? Uh, so I guess from, from our perspective, uh, the, a, a good report, because you get so many variations in the market. Yeah. Right? And there's schools of thought that customers just want to see the defects only. Yeah. And then there's schools of thought where customers want, you know, just a, 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 a very detailed report. Yeah. Right? So our approach is that, because there's so many variations and customer thoughts, we try and combine the two. Mm -hmm. Our process is quite detailed in the sense that, uh, like if we go through a room, for example, our software allows us to, it's so detailed that the guys have to check every, so it's, it's very repetitive, but detailed in the sense that they go into a room, they check the ceiling, Corners, floor, scooting board, architrave, joinery, and it's and so on and so on and so on. So, and it's very detailed in that respect that you know you're less likely to miss something because human nature, no nobody's perfect, yeah. but because the technology allows us to be so detailed, right? And then we combine that with uh, the commentary from the guys. Mm -hmm. so, for us, our, our position as it comes to uh, what makes up a good report, it's checking everything to the to the extent where customers get it and they're like, "Well, I didn't know it's going to be this detailed." So, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. It does. It does. I, I I just must say to the listeners. So I personally purchased a house and I needed a building report and I found Luke and his company obviously just, just from Google and I read the reviews and everything like that. And I was absolutely blown away by the report that I received. It was the most comprehensive report that I've ever seen in the what, 10, 10 12 years that I've been in this industry. And I just highly recommend Luke and um, all the team backing in with these reports because it's just so detailed. I, there was things in there that I didn't even pick up myself. Obviously I'm not a builder, but um just from experience of, of reviewing things, I just, it was just, yeah, it blew me away with, and it is very good to have a de well-detailed report and a good report showing the good and the bad. Mm. Um, and also, obviously, the minor and the major, if there is any, it needs to be actioned straight away. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we were going to ask was how much does it cost for the report? Obviously, you do variations, you do verbal, you do urgent ones. So what would be the price range? So from a price point of view, looking at it, except if we look at the three-bedroom example, yeah. which is, you know, the traditional property across New Zealand, so looking at 
for a verbal report, it's around 375 plus GST mm -hmm. for a verbal. And then for a written, it's 469 plus GST. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not at the extreme end of the scale in terms of pricing where it's, you know, expensive, but we're not at the low end. So we want to, we always want to be in the middle. Yeah. It, it's the best three, four, five hundred dollars that oh. someone could ever spend. We, yeah. All you've you got to do is chuck extra three or four zeros on that if there's issues and you don't get a building report and that's what it's going to cost you. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. Um, so in terms of building reports, what, I suppose, for the listeners, what's not included in, the, in there that people should be aware of when they're getting one that they need to take into consideration? It's really only a visual one what, what you're getting. Like we... We're only reporting what we can see. You know, yep. People ask, is it insulated? Well, we can see in the ceiling, we can see under the floor, mm. but we can't see into the walls. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, we, we only report what we can see. Yep. Okay. So, in your guys' opinion, then, what um, would be the most important part of the house that you want to be in tip-top shape? Probably the roof. The roof, purely from a, a weather tightness point of view. Yeah, roof, roof, and prop and exterior cladding, eh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So moving on from that, then, what is something in a house that you could get away with if there was um, some slight damage or wear and tear? Oh, uh, look, I, I, my my, my question. Yeah, look, my answer to that is. Jesus, no, there's not really anything, right? I mean, buying buying something that's going to cost you five, six hundred thousand dollars, I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And you'd you'd want it in pretty good condition. And and if you look at um, you know the minor defects aside in terms of you know some scuff marks and scratch marks on the walls. Yeah. You know you could potentially live with some of that, right? But if it was me, I'm spending. You know, what's the average? Property in Auckland worth these days eight hundred thousand. About a mil, yeah. A million bucks. So, geez, you're going to spend that sort of money. You can use the reporter's leverage to say, "Hey, look, you know, um, there's all these problems in there. I want to fix before settlement." Yeah. So, that's the answer. That, you know, that's how I would answer that question. I mean, other people might be a bit different and say they could, they'd be comfortable to, yeah. you know, let some of these defects slide. But uh, I don't know. I'm probably a bit different. What's your What's your view on that, Colin? I would say the same thing, Luke. Yeah, it really. Yeah, um, yeah there's the, 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 the like you you go into. So I tell you, a classic one is really you go into into a house that's say maybe 10, 15, 20 years old. You go through the house, and generally the houses, most houses inside, are, are, are people look at them because they're looking at them all the time. Yep. Um, but you go into like a garage. You look in the garage ceiling, okay, and you'll find that it's because it's a big big expense. And say so, some of the ceiling might have, it might get, you get peaking and popping and stuff like that with screws showing through and that sort of thing. Really, it's not going to fall down. It's not, and, you know, you can probably live with those sort of things. Um, and you, another thing is you'll get cracks in concrete floors, particularly in a garage, again, because of big expense. If it hasn't, you know, you'll get the cracks that, not, certainly the house is not going to fall down. Just literally find cracks. You can live with those sort of things, but you know, most things, um, yeah. Okay, so let, let's talk about uh, moisture readings. Obviously, that's a big one. 
and a big defect. Um, I suppose, in your guys' opinion, if you were looking at a house and you got a building report and there was some high moisture readings in there, if you really like the house and want to continue to look at the house, what would be your next steps on that? You'd probably, you know, like with that, I'm a builder myself, but because I'm impartial, so I can't really do I would say if there's bad moisture readings, particularly in, in wet areas, it's around showers and baths mainly. Yeah. Probably a, a, to a, little, a certain extent, maybe kitchens as well. Yeah. You would actually get a builder involved straight away, come and have a look at it. And, you know, because I, I did one um, a house out of the Makaroa. House is probably, it was a, a unit. It was back, it was uh, and the, on, on the firewall between the two units, it was showing around the tub unit that it was high moisture reading. And the lady said to me, "What are you? What are you saying?" I'm saying, "Well, I'm not saying it's leaking, and but I don't know. But it's, it's, I move away from the area, and and the moisture reading goes straight down, go yeah. back down. So it's obviously it was some moisture getting in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so I said to her, the, the best thing to do is, and apparently she rung me and said to me that she'd got, it was they got the um the, the corporate builders that you know that that, that that look maintain the place to get them come and have a look at it and i'm not sure whether what the, and they were coming to see where where the they thought the moisture was coming from yeah okay so like if we go back to the um late 90s early 2000s of the, probably the crosk of the um the leaky homes um pandemic back then where majority of them were what monolithic cladding or plaster um no cavities or pitched roofs um Obviously, they're still around. When you guys come across those, uh, are you are you seeing um, moisture readings in those homes still? You are, but yeah. I, I haven't. I haven't actually. My own house is in, is in that era, but my house has got, got it's got it's, my house. I bought my house in two thousand and two. Mine's on 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 um um monolithic uh, yeah, yep. cladding with with just with just with and no no cavities and that sort of thing. Yep. As long as the house has been well maintained, yeah. mainly probably painted and stuff like that, not a problem, mate. You know, yeah. um, if, if, if some some people will take take a shortcut and don't, you know, they they they, they haven't bothered to keep them painted and, and maintained, and that's where the that's where the issue is. You know, they yeah. they will think, oh, we don't we we we'll, we'll, we'll paint the house in a couple of years time, but yeah, it, it probably needs painting, probably two years prior to prior to where we even look at it. Yeah. And I suppose on that leaky home, if you guys do pick up moisture in building reports and it is a high level, um, if the, the customer is looking to buy this home, it's actually really hard for them to do um, intrusive testing because you can't drill into walls or strip them back because you yeah. don't have homes. So it's a bit of a conundrum. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and just on that, Ken, uh, we do a lot of, you know, uh, plaster, monolithic cladding type inspections, yeah. particularly in and when you talk to customers, there's almost this, it's almost like an industry scaremongering amongst customers where they're so fearful for their lives that they've gone, oh, my God, is it going to fall over tomorrow? They're like, oh, hang on, just, just take a bit, of a, a, um, a bit of a cautious approach and, and just let us have a look at it first. Yeah. And inevitably what, what happens is that when we look at it, there's no problems. Yeah. So it's just, again, it's that education piece as well. Absolutely. And also, too, it probably comes from the uh, the credit provider or the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'm right. very nervous of the... Um, banks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
and five yeah. mint. And, as yeah. soon as a bank gets a security or a sale and purchase with, um, you know, plaster or monolithic plating, they want building reports on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they want your kidneys and your liver and <laughs> all your organs as well. So yeah, yes, definitely. So, gentlemen, do you guys see geographically any areas that um, I suppose dwellings are, are less than desirable in terms of the standard of builds? Well, from because I have more of a view from a national perspective. Yep, they're all the same everywhere. You know, there's no particular region that has you know more you know defective properties than the other. Yeah, it's pretty much similar everywhere you go. What about yourself, Cole? What do you reckon? Yeah, probably is it like I did. The only time that I spent some time um, after the Christchurch earthquake, because there was not much work going on in Taran, I went down and worked for EQC and did some of this. Um, I was, I was, a, I was a, an estimator for, for them. And we were, and, and I, I tend to think some of the Christchurch building, I, I was, me and another another guy that came from the um, Masters, and we went out one, one Saturday after my mum and Sunday, Sunday, and I went into a brand new subdivision where they were building new houses. And we were shocked at seeing some of what, what had gone on down there, eh? We, we, yeah, actually, no, you're right. That's no, good. Why, why was why are they? How can they get away with it? What what, what they were getting away with there? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. was the building inspectors? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In your guys' opinion, unconsented work. What, what's the most common thing that you would see on a um, on a property that's unconsented? Oh my god, you got every you got everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> like um. You know, unconsented sleepouts, additional rooms on on dwellings, yeah, working outdoor areas, everything. It's un, it's unreal. Yeah, that's nothing's really off the table in that respect around what uh, customers do that the council doesn't know about. And do you guys in your building reports um, actually include that in terms of if there is unconsented work that you're aware of? We will. We would do if, if, if we if we knew, but it's, it's those sort of things are quite hard to hard hard, hard to you know come about. That, yeah. that one I did the other day down there, down the Rotorua Loop. Yeah, yeah. That one there, you know, they had that they had a a, a stucco house, and they'd added a a laundry on, on onto the back of it. Now that was clearly that, that I would suggest that that was unconsented. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it never was was never flashed between one to the other. Okay, it wasn't wasn't leaking. As in um, weather, but if ever, anybody ever water blast their wa- or washed their house, then the water would just pour in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's that whole uh, experience piece that comes into play, right? Because in, in uh, black and white terms, the building report is just you know non-invasive. You go in, what you see is what you report on. Yeah. But if the guy don't have the trained eye and pick up, well, hang on, that looks like it's not built to code. Then they'll pick it up and say. And make it the, the vendor or make the purchaser aware of okay, did you actually know that this addition to the property or this this decking area or this outdoor entertaining area is not is, is not compliant because I can tell because of the, the structure of the build, the materials that have been used, the undersized timbers and the like, then that will raise the awareness and then the, the purchaser can go through the process. Yeah. And that's a separate line of reporting if if a customer wants to you know, go through that process and try and get it approved through council. We provide that as well. It's called a safe and sanitary report. But yeah. again, it's up to the guys to to really be able to 
okay, bang, I can see something. All right. And then um, raise that awareness through to the customer. Fantastic. We, we'll we will write that in our report if we if, if we if we think that it's like that we will that will be written in the report. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What um what is a contractor not liable for? Oh, uh, there's that's a good that's a good question. Because you can't be held like obviously you're giving the report over to the the customer you can't be held liable. Um, if the, the moisture readings you picked up on that day, you know, the, the customer goes and buys that home and a year later they come back to you and say, actually, we've had this and it's a huge leaky home or whatever and your moisture readings told us it was X and it was actually Y because it can change in that time frame. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that in, in, that, in those sort of situations, again, it's about there's a few parts to that so the, the first part is that just because we've provided a service it's all right see you later customer we've got your money thanks and then if there's any problems down the track then oh, it's not our problem anymore yeah the credibility and the reputation of our business means more than a few hundred bucks yeah. so if customers do have a problem <clears throat> then we've got an open door policy right and it's about that uh, it's about that experience. So if they do have problems, give, give us a call. Mm -hmm. Can we help? You know, we probably could help you. Yeah. You know, liability, you know, it's, it's a word I, I wouldn't want to use, but I'd be more inclined to say, well, what problems do you have and then how, how can we fix that? Yeah. You know, that's, that's probably more the approach. What are we liable for? We're, we're liable for not providing good service. You know, that's, that's what we're, you know, that's what we're about. So, uh, it's more of a, a hey, if you if you've got problems down the track, and you know, give us a call. We might be able to help you. Yeah. You know, have to yeah, talk about it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, how many reports would you say that your company has done um, in the eight months that you've um, owned it for? Uh, so we 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 do around. So this is from a national yep. level. So we we do around. 200 reports a month. Wow. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, it's, not, it's not huge volume, but, you know, I think that for, for us, we're, we're more heading towards, uh, it's, it's more the, the quality yeah. of the yeah. quality, right, before we try and look at volume. Yeah. Because if we went straight for volume, then the reporting would be, it'll be poor. Yeah, yeah. So the quality right first, and then we can continue to, to grow. Well, in yeah. the service-based industry, Luke, you do well for one person. Your best um, your best uh, marketing is a referral. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And so it's such a unique um, question because when I came in, I sort of thought, wow, geez, word of mouth referrals for building reports, oh, man, pretty minimal. Yeah. But it's actually the... It's, it's a very surprising as to how many people actually refer, you know, are passing on our details to other customers. Because you, you would think in a, in a group of friends, right, how many are actually purchasing a property? Yeah. And then the likelihood of getting a report and then referring someone, yeah. it's actually a lot, it's a lot greater than what we thought. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Just to round things off, um, 
Luke, just go back on obviously the services that you provide in terms of the reports, just so the listeners know what they can reach out for. Yeah, so so we cover uh, building reports as a which really underpins what we do, but we we cover residential, yeah, and commercial. So in the residential space, it's broken up into two key parts, which is a verbal report. So when you think about verbal reports, there's no photography or written commentary. Mm -hmm. It's basically a visual inspection with one of our team members. And we encourage customers to go along to the verbal reports and walking around together and just identifying problems and solutions. So in a verbal format. And then the flip side of that is written. So uh, inclusive of photography and in a professional completed report delivered to customers. So that's across uh, residential pre-purchase. And then you look at safe and sanitary type reporting as well, which falls into that residential space. So identification of problems uh, like unconsented works. They might be unconsented decking, carports or sleep outs and the like. So we do that, we do reporting in that respect. And then uh, in the commercial space, so customers might be purchasing a commercial property of sorts. So it might be a factory. It might be um, a shopfront retail store. It might be, you know, we've done uh, funeral parlours. So we can provide uh, professional written commercial reporting in that respect as well. And that's basically our, you know, our service proposition to customers. Fantastic. And just to wind things down, where can people obviously um, get in touch with you? What platforms? You've obviously got your website, um, social media as well. Yep. So we've got uh, we've got our website, www.inspecthouse.co.nz. And then we've got a social media platform. So we're on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Um, and then they can, you know, touch base with us through those various streams. Fantastic. Luke and Colin, um, appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day to come on the podcast. And personally here at Money Empire, we can highly recommend uh, Inspect House New Zealand. We send a lot of our clients through these guys. They're very quick, honest. They come back obviously promptly and they supply really good reports. And I know quite a few clients have actually stopped going to an auction because of the reports that were coming back with the, um, I suppose, the damage showing on property, which is really valuable. So appreciate your time, guys. Um, all our listeners out there, please get in contact with Luke and crew um, to use. They're fantastic. Thanks, boys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Kane. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit us at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field.